Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our next episode, our second episode of Diving Into Crypto. This is JP from Adlunum INC speaking to you about Web3. The last episode that we had, which was actually the first episode that we had, we had our CEO of Adlunum Inc., Natia Bester, on the show. And after the show, we, we, we ran a poll and we asked the audience, who would you like to see as your next speaker? And 40% of the audience in that room voted for Natya. So ladies and gentlemen, here she is back again, speaking to us about Web3. Let's welcome Natya Bester. Thank you very much. I'm more than happy to see that at least 40% of our audience don't think I talk too much, uh, but I'm definitely going to talk too much again today. So for those who did think that, yeah, I'm here again. Uh, very happy to be back and very excited to once again be talking with you guys about um, yeah, just different aspects of the industry. So let's see what today holds. Take it away. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Natya. So ladies and gentlemen, please hit that reaction button. Give us a like to welcome Natya to the stage. Please remember all views expressed on the show are for education purposes and opinion shared belong to that of the speaker. Right. So without further ado, let's welcome Natia back again with the first point. Natia, the last time that we were here, we were speaking about crypto in general, uh, you know, um, uh, adoption, sustainability, how it could take over the world. And through that conversation, there was a realization that because then every aspect of tech required people who were skilled in tech, the cryptoverse seems to have an opportunity for those that are not really so tech savvy, right? Or who have not been studied or educated as developers. So how do you, what is the important, what is the role you think for non-technical people in the crypto space and how are they impacting it? Nathia. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, you know, in the tech world, if you even look at the name itself, uh, mm -hmm. that indicates how important technology and technical expertise is. Right. And then, of course, if you look at crypto, it brings this additional layer, and not only in terms of technology, but there's also the economics aspect of it. And this makes it seem you know, even more complex and, and frankly, very perplexing to most people that come into contact with it. Uh, which is also okay. one of the reasons that mass adoption isn't as easy because just people feel overwhelmed by it and they run away from it because they can't understand it. Uh, even myself, you know, when I first came across Bitcoin in 2012, mm -hmm. I felt exactly the same way. It's like, whoa, this is not something that my brain can make sense of. And I think right. this is still this conception that a lot of people have. And now, you know, you have Web3, Mm -hmm. which is integrating even more dimensions, whether it's gaming or whether it's the metaverse. So mm -hmm. a lot of people for this reason, and it's very understandable and even expected, you know, right. feels overwhelmed and it's uh, 
this imposter syndrome, you know, can rear mm-hmm. its hydro heads. But right. really, if we if we are talking about the tech industry, mm-hmm. and if you think about technology in general and how it's impacted business, technology right. doesn't mean architects and engineers and developers and no one else. Because then tech right. wouldn't have been as big as it is. Um, you know, if you look at, for example, the global, let's say the ICT workforce, I mean, right. there are millions and millions and millions of people worldwide working in tech. And for sure, a huge number of these people are non-technical, right? They're not all out there coding and developing like new systems. So crypto exactly. and Web3 as this larger umbrella is no different. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd really like to break, you know, which is a very common misconception that if you wow. want to deliver any noteworthy value in a technical industry, you need to be right. technical yourself. Because if you've ever worked with developers, with engineers, mm-hmm. with scientists even, you right. know that those people cannot do what they do without mm-hmm. huge amounts of input from non-technical folks down the line. So exactly. this is the same in any industry. It is especially true in uh, in technology and especially even more so in um, in crypto because let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. If we are working in Web3 to build right. something out of nothing, well, actually right. it's not technically true. We are not building something out of nothing. We mm-hmm. are overhauling legacy systems so we are creating something new out of the ashes of things that don't work Mm -hmm. and we are really collaboratively dreaming up new alternatives then it can't just be about the technology right because in the long run yes the technology is like this foundational backbone but Mm -hmm. it's not the be all end all of how the public will interact with web3 I mean, if you look at mass adoption, True. mass adoption, mm-hmm. in fact, hinges on meeting people where they are instead right. of trying to onboard them onto very complex tech, tech systems that they don't mm-hmm. understand. They can't make head or tails of it. So I think, you know, the, the, the reality is that Web3 mm-hmm. is only going to work if mm-hmm. we continue to have this influx of professionals from other industries that are bringing a real wealth of experience, of soft skills, of best practices that they already gained in other industries, Mm -hmm. but they are simultaneously committing to doing things better this time around in this industry. So I would say that the value of non-technical people, Mm -hmm. it's absolutely huge. So whoever you are, whatever skills you have or don't have, there for sure is a place for you in this industry. I, I I would agree with you, Nadia. I, I like the fact that you've put a spotlight on the fact that, you know, firstly, uh, the tech industry and ICT as a whole, its fundamental is to be a backbone to support the industries out there. And that's what gives it the, the most amount of value, right? And you also put a spotlight on the collaborative process of having all of these industries integrated. So, 
putting that in perspective, uh, I'm certain that somebody who's new or rather who's on the outside looking to get in um, is looking for an entry point. And so what, according to you, would be that entry point for them? Hmm. It brings to mind a discussion I had recently um, <laughs> about a location-independent lifestyle, which is something that I've been practicing for many years. And okay. someone uh, asked me how to get, well, they, they asked for advice on how to get started. Right. So I summarized my journey in you know, a high-level overview. And I was called out for not being specific enough. Uh, okay. The irony of that for me was that, you know, each person's journey is so specific and so unique to them that there's mm -hmm. really no level of uh, specificity that will have a blanket application. So as a disclaimer, okay. I would say that exactly the same principle applies here. I mm -hmm. think that it really would look extremely different for different people. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, the more you talk to people who are in the industry and the more you hear these origin stories, the more you realize that there's no single point of entry. Like mm -hmm. wherever you are, there probably is a way for you to get in. But right. if I look at my own journey, now a lot of this has relied on, and again, you know, as a disclaimer, this is going to be quite so-called generic advice because it really depends on your own circumstances. But I think for me, you know, I've relied a lot on listening to my intuition, um, on being open to new experiences. I am, as a person, insatiably curious, and that's always stood me in good stead. Um, right. I've always been eager to, you know, pioneer my way into something new instead of having stability and security. Not to say that you cannot have stability and security in crypto. So again, right. or in any industry. So this is again, mm -hmm. what I'm saying, what applies to me, you know, might not apply to someone else. So right. this is my way, but I don't think it's the way. Now mm -hmm. for me, you know, I think the first thing, if I can really give, you know, general advice that might apply to most people, um, it's important to get clarity around what's important to you. And, and this is mm -hmm. for sure true for getting into anything, right? So right. for me, you know, getting into crypto was more because I resonated with, yeah, this daring philosophy of radical freedom and inclusive mm -hmm. empowerment, even with something that's as ingrained as the global financial system, which, you know, supposedly was this monolith that can't be can't be moved um, right. and here comes crypto and it does have this effect um, the other thing that was also really important to me was lifestyle freedom because at the point of me entering crypto I was already traveling right but then I realized that this industry remote work would always be acceptable and keep in mind, mm -hmm. this was before COVID normalized working from home. So right. most jobs, and even when I had my own business, most clients mm -hmm. still wanted to work face-to-face. -face. So exactly. these two things, you know, freedom, like freedom of sort of, uh, how, can I, how can I put this? So freedom of self in right. many, many different aspects of one's life. I think mm -hmm. for me, that really cemented the fact that I found my place. Now, for me, freedom and empowerment, these are two of my top values. 
So the reason that right. I have been able, you know, to weather the storms of being in this industry, which, you know, let's face it, is sometimes massive roller coaster, um, it's because it aligns closely with, you know, what I value. So advice okay. to other people, um, I think it's all about knowing what's important to you. Because mm -hmm. once you identify what it is you want and what it is you want to do with your life, then mm -hmm. you can identify, you can seek out, and you can also create these pathways to make it happen. Because I think that Web3, it's mm -hmm. such a new space. And because right. it's so new, it's very welcoming because there aren't a lot of people in it, although this is changing on a daily basis. But, you know, it's being created from scratch and there's a lot of room. It's like when you go into, I don't know, if you play games and, or let, let's even use, uh, you know, a specific game. If you go into the central land and right. you were in early, you, you bought like prime real estate. But if you get in now, mm -hmm. you know, the prices are much higher. So it's, and it's not as readily available. So I think mm. that the first thing is really, you know, if you know what you want, you can mm -hmm. really just go out there and start creating it. Um, mm -hmm. Second, yes, there is this idea of it. It's very difficult to wrap your head around what the heck is going on. So <laughs> if you start learning, where do you even start? This is always the question, right? But I exactly. think with crypto and with Web3, you know, it doesn't matter, maybe your jam is design or maybe it's community or marketing, writing, strategy, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. But actually, right. you don't even need to wait for opportunities mm -hmm. to come to you. Because right. when I say that you, you can make your own, look for whatever low-hanging fruit is, on, is, is out there to help you mm -hmm. kind of learn on the job. If you mm -hmm. don't get the opportunity to get a job, start creating right. make videos pub you know publish mm -hmm. articles whatever it is to start making a name for yourself because you know there's not enough human resources in this industry mm -hmm. to cater right. to what companies need so demand still exceeds supply so the minute that you okay. start putting yourself out there like companies mm -hmm. are going to recognize you and opportunities are going to start coming to you you know, if I if I mm -hmm. compare, um, for example, what we are doing at Adluna, I mean, okay. the majority of people in our team are not crypto natives, and Adluna is their first experience working in this industry. And I mm -hmm. often get the feedback that yes, the first few months definitely are challenging, but mm -hmm. there's no better place to learn than to immerse mm -hmm. yourself in a real business environment where you get to understand what is legitimately important to understand rather than feel overwhelmed because there's, you know, a million different things that you feel you need to know. But in reality, mm -hmm. you don't because no one knows it all and no one has to know it all. So, um, yeah. I, oh, I, I think maybe I know I spoke a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, just to add here, Adlunum does have an internship program. Uh, and this is where we on-ramp new people who are new to the space. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are companies offering these kind of things. Look out for those opportunities, create your own, right. you know, there's a very many different ways of getting into, into Web3. Thank you, Nadia. Right. So ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. If you are curious about getting into the Web3 space, understanding what crypto is about, Ad Lunum does have an internship program that's 
happening at this point, and you can reach out to Natya or to the Atlunum team, and they would be able to guide you through that process. That, that being said, also, please remember to hit that reaction button and give us a reaction about your thoughts on this particular, on these particular ideas being shared. Also, Natya, what you've said, I, I think if we were to compress it in some way is find out what's your value to be able to realize the value, right? I mean, I know that's a, that's a corny line, forgive me for saying it, but um, that, that would be my takeaway if I were to put, to put that in there. So stay curious and re, you know, find out your values to get into, to, to really realize value in Web3, right? Um, um, so, so when you speak about when you speak about this being, you know, a, a space where it is creative, where it's welcoming, uh, and getting people to come in, uh, you know, the first thought that goes to to most of our minds is about the metaverse, right? So, what? But could you could you tell us a little about that? I mean, what is the metaverse? We've heard a lot of explanations, but what does it mean to you, Nadia? Yes. Well. Who knows? Um, you know, the exciting thing about the metaverse is it means so many different things to different people, and it probably will always be the case. Um, if, right. we, if we think about social media and mm -hmm. the trajectory that it's followed from, you know, Facebook's being started in a college dormitory until today, everyone and their grandmother's on there and now everyone's leaving because the grandmother's on there. Um, we know that, you know, social media as we know it is really coming mm -hmm. to an end. Uh, we mm -hmm. might still be active on various platforms, but it's problematic and it's outdated for a variety of reasons. And this right. is really because society is evolving and mm -hmm. really these web two platforms are not growing and adapting with us because very mm -hmm. often they work against us we are the product you know we are the people our data is being sold our opinions are right. being swayed it really is used as a tool against us so mm -hmm. if we think about the metaverse and what the metaverse is in short really i was joking earlier but who knows because it isn't clearly defined as yet. We mm -hmm. in the industry, we are defining it by building it, right? So it can go right. in any direction. So mm -hmm. if if I take my son, for example, my son is a gamer. So to him, mm -hmm. the metaverse might look very different. I mean, I can right. already envision what it's going to look like for him because we are seeing innovation in the gaming on the GameFi areas. But mm -hmm. what about me? I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, my idea of gaming is single game of Tetris every three months. I mean, who is going to cater to me and what I need? Now, the exciting thing is I don't even know what I need. I don't know mm -hmm. what I need in the metaverse. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. think I need the metaverse. But you know what? Right. When someone creates something that speaks to my need, even if I haven't identified it, I'll recognize it when I see it. So in this sense, you know, I think there's this whole new world that we are uncovering by creating it. And yeah, I mean, where it starts is not where it's going to end. Um, mm -hmm. Because of Hollywood and, you know, sort of the world of fiction, we imagine worlds like Ready Player One or 
I don't know if you've seen yeah. or you read uh, this really great novel or movie. Um, it's the, the book is called The Futurological Congress. Uh, it's by a Polish sci-fi write, writer, um, Stanisław Lem. Uh, and in the movie, uh, what's her name? Uh, Robin Wright Penn. Uh, she was in the Hollywood version. So mm -hmm. this kind of, well, just shameless plug for this movie and book that I have nothing to do with. Really check it out. It's great. Um, but, right. you know, these are the conceptions that we have based on what other people have imagined and has been passed down to us. And we've consumed it passively. But in right. reality, because we now have the ability to create these things, the metaverse mm -hmm. could become a million different things to a million mm -hmm. different people. And, mm -hmm. you know, really to me, I mean, as someone who is in the industry and sees these changes as they happen, this right. is the thing that excites me the most because we are collectively co-creating the metaverse, Web3, this whole industry, and we can take it in any direction we want. So, yeah, I have no idea what it is or where it's going to go, <laughs> but I will keep you up to date so stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that Nati. i appreciate the honesty because it you know it's it it that's the perspective right i mean the met, the metaverse is so many things to so many people it can be whatever you turn it into it could be you know a, apart from like you said from from a gamer's point of view it could mean something different from an artist's point of view and from a functional Point of view of uh, any regular person it could have all those meanings so uh ladies and gentlemen that is what the metaverse is it is the space in which you will turn it into the space that you want it to be right okay not yet where we're we talking about things that are so exciting and that involves so many people uh there, there's always a question from the point of view of, of it being generated and of course, fundamentally, most of the, the companies or the projects that develop this do require to have early backers and, and, and funding on that front. And one of the, of course, the largest groups of, of funding is when it comes to, uh, when it comes to venture capitalists, right? So for um, a, a project like, for a project like Ad Lunum, uh, what is the, quantum of interest that you see in an in a new launch pad uh, you know is it is it is it as easy as it is with the types of projects out there or you know are there there certain things that certain perspectives that you can offer uh, I'm, I'm i hope that's made some sense uh, i didn't quite catch the question if you could rephrase it slightly that would be great okay let me dial that back <laughs> Right. So the question that was asked was, when it comes to VCs uh, having an interest in funding projects uh, like a launchpad that Adlunum is, as opposed to maybe other projects out there, uh, what is the quantum of interest you see in the exciting work that you're doing? So if I understand your question correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, the interest in launchpads and maybe i can just talk a little bit about you know really the role that a launchpad plays uh in the in the crypto space or in the web3 industry mm -hmm. um if you think back to you know the early days of uh cryptocurrency of altcoins um and people you know coming into this industry realizing that there's this possibility that people have to 
get funding in a way that is not possible in the legacy financial system. So as a retail investor, you are able to invest directly into a project in a way that you cannot do in other industries because there's just so much more regulation around it. Now, this is great and has been great. Um, However, you know, with every industry, there are always people who don't have everyone else's interest uh, at heart, but, you know, it's more focused on what's in it for them. And Mm -hmm. I think in terms of crypto, you know, the same unfortunately happened that there was this time back when, you know, ICOs uh, were very popular when, Mm -hmm. and and it wasn't always with bad intentions, but the reality is that a lot of projects, in fact, I would say the majority of projects, sadly, uh, raised Mm -hmm. funds and it came to nothing. Okay. Can you can you hear me? Yes, we will blank this segment out and now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> so um yeah, I think maybe that was my cue to wrap up my question. So um you know if if you look at the history of funding in crypto, so before launch pads came into being, um mm-hmm. the, there was no sort of hedge between retail investors who had all these possibilities to invest in projects and projects that were looking to get funding from the public. So now that launchpads are there and launchpads play a very important role in the sense that they offer due diligence uh, that Mm -hmm. is additional to, you know, so, so retail investors know that they should look to uh, who, what, what VCs, for example, um, have invested in the project. But this right. is not always so clear because, you know, if you see a name, you don't know mm-hmm. if that VC is a good actor or a bad actor. You don't really know much if you are not operating at that level. But the thing about a launchpad is because they are in the business of launching projects, ultimately what mm-hmm. ends up happening is they as a business, you know, they cannot be sustainable if they are not going to back projects that have sustainability or that have you know, at least the retail investors' best interests at heart. So in terms of seeing more of an interest in launchpads, for sure, this is why you are seeing a lot of interest from retail investors in investing through a launchpad. This is why you are seeing interest from projects, you know, using a launchpad in order to launch themselves. And this is also, yes, why you are seeing a lot of interest from VCs in investing in launchpads. But, you know, the caveat here is it's one thing to start up a new launchpad, but it's really quite another to have the stakeholders' best interests at heart. And I think what we have been seeing in this space is there's a lot of launchpads that create the business because it's a good business to be in for whatever reason, but are they Mm -hmm. truly supporting projects and are they truly supporting uh, retail investors? And that is the Mm -hmm. open question. So, you know, in terms of, for example, what we've been doing at Adlunum, really Mm -hmm. we've built into our business model with our engage-to-earn model, with our proof of attention allocation mechanism, the sense Mm -hmm. that in order for a launchpad to have value, it needs to serve projects and it needs to Mm -hmm. serve retail investors by bringing them together collaboratively so that they don't... You know, there's there's sometimes a friction um, because Mm -hmm. projects want investors funds and investors want you know the returns that investing in projects uh, bring them 
but it's right. not as if they really are able to give each other the value add that is possible because it's mm -hmm. simply not the system is has not been built that way and so i think mm -hmm. ultimately you know in order to make launch pads more valuable is launch pads mm -hmm. really need to evolve to cater to truly the needs of both of these stakeholders i'm not sure if this has answered right. your question so i hope i didn't go off on a complete <laughs> tangent here no actually you 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 did kind of shed a lot of light on the you know the the role and function that that a vc should play when it comes to uh comes to projects projects like like ad lunums and 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 launch pads in particular and also how they they, sh they begin to shape the ecosystem through a, a market force point of view right uh but if i were to ask you natia between between the VCs, which we know uh, are, have the ability to put down a, a large quantum of funding into into projects, and the 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 end the end or retail investor, uh, you know the the little guys who 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 want to get a, get into a piece of that action, and and that that small amount means so much to them, right? Um, between between the two of these, which one do you think shapes the the changing face of, of the cryptoverse uh, more? Which one has a larger impact? Yeah, this is a really, really great question. And I wish I had, first, I wish I had an easier answer. And second, mm -hmm. I wish I had a better answer because mm -hmm. I think it depends on, you know, where you as a person are coming from. For me, right. crypto is, very very much about empowering uh you know the person on the ground um right i believe that power in other industries and when i'm when i say power i mean the ability to get things that you want whether this is opportunities or whether this is you know more of a financial incentive power is not easy to come by in other industries in crypto right. It has been designed in such a way that it is easier for people to get that power, often in the mm -hmm. sense of self-empowerment. I mean, crypto has changed lives and it will continue to change lives. But the problem, I think, is, you know, the more that things become very institutionalized, um, right. and this is why I say I wish I had a, a, a bit, you know, <laughs> I wish I had a more positive answer. Um, I think that unfortunately, it is becoming mm -hmm. more sort of skewed towards one end. Mm -hmm. um, I think okay. that for retail investors, it is becoming more difficult for a variety mm -hmm. of different reasons, but mm -hmm. primarily is that we are inheriting and, and I want to, you know, add, I want to add something on this point, but let me just finish my sentence. We are sure. inheriting the same kind of thinking that we had in other industries where it's each person mm -hmm. for themselves. Now, in terms of inheriting this, what does that mean? Because we are the ones bringing it from these other industries. So right. it's up to us who we are going to empower. Are we only going to empower VCs? Are we only going to empower whales? Are we only going to empower the projects? Because ultimately the retail investor is in so many ways, what differentiates this industry from other industries. I said earlier that as a retail investor, 
you are able yeah. to invest in crypto in a way you cannot do in other industries. And I think the right. problem is that a lot of projects and a lot of retail, sorry, not retail, a lot mm -hmm. of institutional investors are negating the role that retail investors have, treating mm -hmm. investors more as a number uh, than right. really, you know, offering them those opportunities um, that that they are seeking. Um, so yeah, okay. I think ultimately it comes down to choices that are made by mm -hmm. individual companies and by individual mm -hmm. investors. But the right. general trend sadly seems to be more skewed in the direction of institutions uh, and mm -hmm. centralized, you know, organized bodies. And I think this is yeah. something that definitely needs attention and, and, and something mm -hmm. that needs to shift. Fair enough. Fair enough. And and yes, I, I suppose, you know, human behavior is going to repeat itself uh, no matter which industry we, you know, we, we, we are part of or have been part of. Uh, coming to crypto, so that that always is going to be there. Uh, but again, between the last two answers that you, you, the last two answers and the insights that you shared, there is more opportunity for retail investors. And I think that you know, the, the more that we focus on the fact that uh, retail investors have the ability to shape it, I do believe that at some point, Nathia, you're you're leading us to the thought that uh, the mass adoption of crypto can at least begin through this particular journey out of curiosity and interest. So, so thank you. Thank you for, for, for leading us down this, you know, rabbit hole as <laughs> the proverbial rabbit hole. Um, and yeah, uh, and, and sharing that insight with us. So, uh, okay, uh, let's, uh, we've come to the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen, but we have the opportunity to, uh, to, to ask Nathia a question, and I'm going to take a chance with uh, the audience listening into the room. If you have a question that you would like to share with Nathia, of course, please just you know uh, tweet that out there or raise your hand for an opportunity to speak. All right, Nathia. In the meantime, we're going to give the audience a minute to come up with a, a question which they would like to to ask you. Okay. In the meantime, I'm going to take a breath because I think I have not breathed since we started <laughs> so uh once again thank you for having me on as a guest even though i tend to talk too much <laughs> oh no it's 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 always a pleasure having you on the show Nathia. of course this is just the second episode but i'm certain this is not going to be the last one where we have you on board okay here it is uh eat babe eat babe wants to know Nathia, which is your favorite type of project at Adlunum? Is it NFTs, gaming, or any other? So over to you, Nadia. Oh, well, I that that would be telling if I told you, if I gave you too many details. But so, you know, for me, like choosing I think, a favorite um, kid, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Luckily, I, I have only one, so he always wins. But if I had more than one, it would be a difficult choice. Um, so I think for me, and, and this is probably true for probably anyone uh investing mm -hmm. into projects is mm -hmm. it really is not so much about what the project is doing but who mm -hmm. is doing it so we right. have projects that we work with that have really superhero teams you know they are on the ball they are not only experienced in other industries and in business and you know creating something new in general, whether that's a business endeavor or whether they've done other projects, even if it's not business related, where they've kind of taken something from ideation all the way to fruition. But I think right. it's also 
that there's this very strong commitment to whatever mm -hmm. their vision is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are very often projects that, okay, NFTs are really hot right now, or right. the metaverse is very popular, or okay, GameFi mm -hmm. is getting all the attention. So mm -hmm. let's go all out and all in and let's create something that we can get funding for. And the, the right. reality is that that sort of thing, it shows, you know, you might mm -hmm. not think so. You might think that you are walking the walk and talking the talk, but it's very clear to someone and to people who work with a lot of startups and who have worked in the startup world, even if it's not even uh, in crypto, it's very right. obvious when someone has that conviction because they are building something for X, Y, Z reason, or whether mm -hmm. they are building it simply because let's see how much I can get out of this. Now, this right. is, you know, something that we have seen in crypto. And I mean, it's worked, uh, which is why people keep on doing it. But the more the industry matures, and especially, you know, the more there's a down market, this mm -hmm. is the time when all of these sort of thinking and behaviors are, are, are weed out. Are, yeah, I don't know. What is the, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would say, how how can I put this? It's not a good time in terms of the market right now, but what we okay. are seeing at Adlunum, for example, is mm -hmm. the projects that are coming to us now during this time are projects uh -huh. that, irrespective of the downturn in the market, believe mm -hmm. in what it is they are building. And so, yes, to answer right. your question, uh, what I am most passionate about in terms of the projects that we are working with are those mm -hmm. founders who have a vision of something that they want to build. And they say, you know what, even if it isn't going to be easy, I believe right. in this and I'm going to see it through to the end. Because if a project can make it through yeah. a market like this, for mm -hmm. sure they can make it through the good times. Spot on, Natia. Thank you. Thank you for that answer. Because I, I you know, we I'm certain we all we all agree that that is exactly the fundamental to look for. Look for a team that has uh, that is working together despite the adversity, despite not having the best of conditions to work with, but are still pulling through. And those are the ones that are going to make it in the end. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of our show. Natia, once again, thank you for being on our show, and I hope you've had uh, as much fun this time as you did the last time that you were here and you know i hope that that continues but this would mean that i would have to have more fun every single time and that would be your responsibility so <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not start comparing no i had an absolute great time as always it's you know i, I just love co and connecting with the adlunum community in general um so it's been a pleasure to spend this time with you and I look forward to seeing what's next and look forward to being back on the show at some point as well. Thank you once again, Nadia. Ladies and gentlemen, this is JP from Adlunum INC speaking to you about Web3. See you again next week at the exact same time. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum the first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 